So Ari, I, I had a, um, you know, my son is very into capitalism and America and he loves the flag and loves God. He loves the history of what, uh, you know, Christians have done, what Jews have done. He really, he's good. He's good. He's very savvy about this and he's so funny. And so he also loves mountain biking, right? So he's always looking at websites to find the best bike for one thing. And then also parts, you know, the, the best cassette, which that's where the, all the gears are. <clears throat> and so he says, uh, which gear is, uh, which cassette is the best? And, and I, I kind of pointed out, I think that's the one, the best. And he goes, wow, that's pretty expensive. And then he looks at me and goes, why can't we live under socialism? And that way I can have everything I want. <laughs> I mean, and I have no doubt that this is the way that so many young people view socialism, that somehow there's this <clears throat> infinite supply of goodies and money out there, and it's all being held back by those greedy capitalists, uh, whether they are, you know, wonderful iPhones or cassettes, like I just talked about, mountain bikes, generally speaking, or jewelry for that matter, or, you know, chairs, fantastic TVs, you name it, somebody's holding it back and they're the greedy capitalists who are doing so. Right. And so when he said that, it was so funny, like he just captured exactly how I think so many young socialists or people who think that socialism is awesome, how they perceive socialism to be, that it will provide them with all the goodies that they could possibly imagine. It's pathetic. Um, Guess what, folks? There ain't no cassettes. There ain't no mountain biking. There, there ain't no plasma TVs, at least not created originally, uh, in the world of socialism. Okay? There, there will be, at best, telephones. And even then, there weren't, wouldn't be telephones if there had not been somebody to invent them you know, many, uh, you know, a century and a half ago. Uh, you get what I'm saying. I, t- I think it's unbelievable the attitude and the understandings that young people, and even some old people like Bernie Sanders... No doubt. I think he really believes that socialism is not only the, an effective mode of government that is so wonderful for everybody, but that we'll have the same lifestyle. I mean, people don't, don't think about that aspect, do they? They don't, they don't ask themselves, well, it's one thing to live in a certain government. And then, then to ask themselves whether they're, they'll be able to enjoy the same goodies. Like I'm looking right now across the street, there's a bagel store that I really like. Well, would, would I have the same tasty bagels with all the trimmings and all the things that I love so much uh, if it were to be operated under socialism? The answer is no. If you really want to know, <clears throat> by the way, how things would work under socialism, you need look no further than a tiny island country called Cuba, right? There they have uh, cars literally from the 50s, literally. They, they have not advanced cars since the 50s. And you might say, well, that's because of the American embargo upon uh, goods and services and such. Um, that, that's partially true, but Cuba, there's nothing to stop Cuba from having its own capitalist system or its own system to develop, to develop cars. It's because of socialism and communism that they don't invent anything, that they just have to kind of tinker around with the existing cars that they have at the time. Look, from a from a 50s aficionado, a 50, 50s cars aficionado's standpoint, I suppose Cuba is an awesome country because there you can go find uh, wonderful old um, 
cars that would otherwise have uh, gone to the, to the trash heap here in America. But that's not the point. You don't, you don't preserve a, a government system so that you can you know, keep old collectibles. Um, anyway, I thought that was very interesting. Look, I want to move to another point, which is very related. Uh, this notion of moving from point A to point B, right? We all agree that when you drive a car, unless you're teaching your children how to drive a car, uh, you rarely just kind of drive your car around in a parking lot for the sake of driving the car, right? You, you kind of want to use it to, to go visit friends, to go to CVS, to, to go to work, and so forth. But I think most people have no sense of, from a civilization point of view, what, what point B is to them. Where, where are they going to go? Where are we going as a civilization? Are we just kind of going to work every day so to make money and waiting for the next doodads that capitalism has to offer? What is our mission? Are we just here on the planet to, to visit and enjoy the bagels that I talked about uh, and, and have ever-increasing uh, better technology? Or is it for something? Is there some reason why we're doing this? Are we getting lost in nothing? Uh, you know, that, like the, the episode of Seinfeld where they talked about what the Seinfeld show was about. It's a, it's a TV show about nothing. Remember that? Is that what we're doing? Is America going to be a country about nothing? And I worry that in an increasingly godless uh, society, <clears throat> and I mean increasingly because it's, it's ramping up, and the amount of people that are, who consider themselves to be nuns, N-O-N-E-S, <clears throat> excuse me, <clears throat> is, is growing wildly. And that being the case, it means there are fewer and fewer people who uh, consider themselves, uh, to, to consider God in the picture at all. And I'm going to give you a, a, a very good um, emblematic moment to explain exactly what I'm talking about. Um, and Ari, if you think of something that, that relates similarly to this, I'm, I'm, I'm happy to hear it. But the one I'm thinking about right now is the, um, the recent rocket into space by, with Jeff Bezos, right? And before him was, what was his name? Bre uh, Brennan? Richard Branson. 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 Yeah, Richard Branson. The, both of them billionaires. You know, I, I think that's wonderful. The billionaires, great. Uh, and they could afford to create these rockets. It was, you know, an indulgence, a, a billionaire's indulgence, but that's cool. Fine. They, they wanted to afford the necessary carbon offsets to <laughs> pay for their increased carbon footprint beyond yes. a private jet. Right. Indulgences, if you will. Anyway, the point is they can do that, and I don't begrudge them for that. They, they want to have some fun. Go, go into space. Great. But what, what happened in both, in both circumstances, both of them, I think they went only like a week or so apart from each other. Both of them went into space, uh, experienced some zero gravity for a couple of minutes, and came back. Okay? Which is cool. It's fun. But think of it this way. Remember, in 1969, we sent men up to the moon. They walked on the moon. Awesome. An incredible achievement, right? And got home back alive. Yes. Uh, and even more incredible achievement. Right. That's a very good point. Those two things, they were really two missions in one when you think about it. But anyway, it's, it's very cool, very awesome. Uh, 
And if you were back, if we, if we went to the Wayback Machine, as, as Ari likes to call it, uh, went to the Wayback Machine to 1969 and see this amazing feat of American know-how, 1969, going, going through, and then saying to yourself, you know, <clears throat> I wonder what the world, in terms of space exploration and such, will be like 50 years from now. Okay? And now we're 52 years, right? So we're more than that away from the landing on the moon, this incredible achievement. But if you were back in 1969 and you see this on the TV and you turn to your friend and you say, wow, can you imagine what the future holds technology-wise 50 years from now? And, and one, one of the parents turns to his little boy who's, let's say, five years old. Wow, son, by the time you're my age... Just imagine what we'll be doing. And you'd say, what? In the year 2021, we will send a man into the women's locker room at a spa in Koreatown. <laughs> there you go. Okay. You see? This is where we're going. Um, I did not know he was going to say that, but it's, it's, it's pretty apt. Right? But from a space exploration, in 1969, you would be well within your, 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 your common sense, your logic to say, to say that we are going to be on Mars. We may be even heading off to Jupiter. Uh, we're going to be colonizing the moon. That's, that's a given, son. You know, we'll, we're going to have a lot of things. We'll be mining there. We'll be doing all sorts of cool things. It would be obvious. If even... Even 1969, they might, it could very well have said in 20 years from then, by the year of 1989, we should be colonizing, et cetera, et cetera. But no, it's been more than 50 years, and we are supposed to be thrilled that two billionaires created rockets that allowed them to go touch space and come back in the span of, what, 15 minutes or so. Okay, this is, this is the state of our incredible technology can you imagine if that same father turned to his son and said, you know, son, 50 or so years from now, God willing, a couple of billionaires will be able to go into a rocket and, and experience some zero gravity and come back safely to the, to the tarmac somewhere. And the son would say, is that all you're gunning for, dad? Really? Yeah. Anyway, the, at the risk of a horrible pun, and you do have an Italian version of the movie poster behind you, we seem to have gone on an odyssey, just not a space odyssey. <laughs> yes. A very odd odyssey. Yes. Oh, my God. That's like such a great point. <laughs> very sorry. To... But your point about the, tra that the locker room situation is exactly right. It's very apt. We are so focused on such utter nonsense. Yeah. Just the nonsense. Uh, like that, the greatest civil rights, the thing we're gunning for is to make sure that two men can marry themselves, two women can marry themselves, and why not soon enough, you know, polyamory and po polygamy and uh, you'll see incest eventually. I mean, it, and that we, we should be tripped up on our pronouns um, and that, uh, and then of course the intersectionality and critical race theory. These are the things that we're focused on that we're consumed by. Not, not at all the notion of how can we explore, right? This notion of exploring is out. Right. There's nothing associated with that. That is, it was so American, and now it's utterly gone. Right, and at the time, the social fights 
in, during the glory days of the space age. Lenny Bruce fighting for comedians to have free expression and being joined by the ranks and the genius of George Carlin and people like that. Fast forward to today. All those gains are lost, and instead there's a celebration of cancel culture for anyone who disagrees with the prevailing narrative and doesn't think and dares to think outside the box. And you wonder why there's a corresponding dearth in the exploration business, in the New Horizons business. We've talked about it several times on this podcast over the years, and there's some of my most profound and famous, favorite episodes when we talk about the great conversations we should be having rather than those we're stuck having. Yeah, very, very, very much to that point. That's exactly right. Yeah, and, and you opened with exactly where my mind was, too. Um, why is the vision and the expectation of what is capitalism so uh, sclerotic? And the answer is so simple. When you lose God and you lose the great texts related to God, you lose perspective of where society has come from and the miracle of where we are today, and then you lose any potential vision of where we could go in the future. And then you wind up with this place that's totally understandable. I understand why young people today would yearn for socialism if nothing else is just a change of pace because they don't have a perspective of why capitalism is great if, like you said, they're just looking forward to the next iteration of a device or the next release of a major franchise movie that looks the same, you know, like the Who saying, same as the old boss, bring in the new box, yeah, right? right. Um, if capitalism isn't providing a vision for what it can be, and the horizons for humanity are not being stretched, then, of course, people will default and say, well, what's the point, and shall we try something different? Right. That might fulfill us to have our, our, right. our vision stretched. Right. That's a great way of putting it. It's, you, what you're talking about, there's no sense of a point A to a point B. And it's there, just a meander around the parking lot. That's, it's, 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 that's exactly what it is. It's meandering around the parking lot, and they're not finding that sense of purpose in capitalism. That's, that's their problem, not ours. But nevertheless, because they don't have that sense of purpose in capitalism, they are figuring that somehow socialism will give them that sense. It's not even the sense of, like, you know, the goodies that we have and, uh, you know, free education and free health care and such like that. It's, it's, it's this quest to find happiness that they can't get because they're not getting it from God. They're, so they, they, they figure it must be the form of government that they're living under that that's making them so miserable. So let's go to so socialism, even though they, they should know, they should, that it's disastrous in every way. It's very similar. It's very akin, now that I think about it, Ari, to all these transgendered folks who, you know, God bless them, you know, they, they suffer from a dysphoria and they think that by cutting off their sexual organs or replacing their sexual organs for that matter, their breasts, their penises and so on, uh, that they will achieve happiness only to find out once they do so that they're just as depressed as they ever were. Or worse, it, it tur- the parts don't work as well as those designed by <clears throat> God. Right. Well, e- even if they were, des- you know, perfectly suitable, let's say. Even so, they, they find themselves equally depressed, only to find out that what they thought would have made them happy was just not the right vehicle to make them happiness. Maybe there's something else. It's, it's like um, when kids think, 
or parents think that what will make a kid happy is a lot of candy, uh, well, a lot of TV, or going to uh, you know Disneyland or you know other amusement parks because that's happy, 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 right? That's not cool. That's not the way it should be. But that's exactly the way the transgender folk uh, want to do it. That's the way a lot of parents think that they need to act and behave for their kids. Um, but that's what we're seeing now. When you see this, all this clamoring for socialism and for that matter, critical race theory and everything else, it's this quest to find purpose. It's uh, the quest to find happiness, not the kind of candy or amusement park happiness, but the purpose kind of happiness. And I think that that comparison to the transgender world is, is actually very apt. Uh, yeah, it's, it's funny. That, that's how really great comedy starts. I, I happened to stumble on a little joke, had a profound truth to it, and really was, if you will, like the movie Annie Hall, which I think is brilliant. How it combines a relationship to the expanding universe shows the 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 infinite the infiniteness of space exploration. You know, this little joke about the sclerotic notions of of exploration in a bathroom or a spa. You know, waving your dingle in the wrong place is a is a direct symptom of this this part of mankind that's been suppressed by our own you know lack of, of faith. Really, yeah, it's it is lack of faith, and without God, you cannot have purpose. It's one of the the key things I raised in, in my book, Atheism Kills. You will not have purpose. It is just impossible. Okay, you know, you can say, "Well, I, I, I have purpose." I, you can argue with me. You can no. try to. You can, but you will not win this argument. You have to, uh, uh, you know, go down the rabbit hole with me, as it were, and really explain to me how you can have purpose without God. Right. In the end, you won't. And, and so many arguments, you can say what you want, doesn't make it so. The person high on pot who likes to get stoned can say, "Oh yeah, I'm just fine. I'm thinking clearly. You're the one not thinking clearly." BS. You're intoxicated. You like it. It feels good. As you always say, don't piss on my leg and say it's raining. Admit you like being high, and that's the extent of it. Or you like being drunk, and that's the extent of it. It doesn't necessarily mean you have a substance problem, but it means you're not looking at this from the right perspective. You know, being high on an acid trip does not mean you're enlightened like the Buddha. Right. You have to ask yourself, what is your own mission, right? The point A to point B. Uh, but also what our civilization's mission is. And are we part of that mission? And we should be. I think that when we were younger, uh, you know, I, I kind of grew up in the very late 60s and throughout the 70s. That's, that was my era, okay? Uh, and I think, especially in the beginning of the 70s, we still had a sense when we were educated, in, when we went to schools, and, and I went to public school at that time, there was still a sense like we had a mission, we are educating you kids because you're going to do great things. You're going to find the cure for cancer. You're going to go into space. You're going to uh, be, uh, I don't know, a great advocate for, um, for justice one way or yeah, the other. Or, or you are going to grow up and continue this great American experiment and provide freedom for the next generation. Yes. We, we felt very strongly that uh, we are part of a chain. Of generations before us, and that we understood that we people would look back to us as a generation that continued on, and that that is not happening now at all. 
Um, and, and I hate to sound like one of those old fogies uh, who says, you know, back in my day, we had respect for people and such like that. But we did. We had not only respect for our, our elders, but, but more importantly, we had respect for America itself. We had respect for our mission. There is no sense of mission in Europe, right? I mean, if you go to Europe, it's just a bunch of people running around, whether that's France, Italy, even England today. I mean, jolly old England before World War II, they had a, a tremendous sense of, of mission. Uh, now England and France and Germany and all those countries, very little mission. You, you can't say what those countries are about, right? If you, were to still, if you were to ask what is America about to any foreigner, somebody who's not American, for, I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I know what your answer is going to be. Just tell me. It's the F-bomb, freedom. Yep. Freedom or liberty, that's exactly right. And, I, and they, they'd be right. It is about freedom or liberty. There's no other country that's about freedom or liberty. There's no other country that's about anything, for that matter. Ask, uh, ask anybody, what is, what is the Czech Republic about? Right? Uh, it is, believe it or not, I actually know. Glassware and crystal work. Okay. That's, that, that's, 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 that is a fair that's statement. What they're actually known for. Yeah. And uh, France, uh, baguettes and cheese, I suppose, uh, chapeaus. Uh, the, the culinary arts. Yeah, okay, you know. great. And so this, this, this country might be about cars, this country might be about technology, well, whatever. But that's not really being about something. That's just simply going to a department store yeah, and saying, where, where's your, where's your uh, culinary section? Where's your, where's your car section? Where's your technology section? That's, that's not anything. That's not a mission. Right. The only other country that comes close. And those countries that are known for those things, you know, Italy, you know, cars and fashion, uh, Germany, um, you know, precision, you know, the precision technologies, uh, things like that. Th those are perfectly noble pursuits. England, the literary arts and, you know, the, the base of our culture, uh, Rome, the, the cradle of civilization. Right. The only other country that has as noble of a place in a one-word answer as ours would be Israel, which is the seat of God on earth. Right. Okay? But that's different. And in many ways, the pursuit of liberty, because it's a greater challenge than just fall into line with faith, and even if miracles are presented. I mean, God is a big thing, right? But, you know, humans interpreting God, that's a, that is a dubious history. Okay? I'll, I'll give them that. But freedom, that is an amazing end game right. of having a connection with God. Right. And you can't have freedom without God. That, that is a of very course. important point. So, look, two things to say on this. One is that, as you know, uh, and this is a great uh, book, by the way, for everyone to read called uh, the, the Gift of the Jews, written by a uh, devout Christian, by the way. Uh, and one of the key things that he talks about, there are many gifts, but the key thing that the Jews gave to civilization, time. Our sense of time comes about from the Torah. I know it sounds crazy for a lot of people, right? What are you talking about? Time is time. It's, no, uh, you, you, you can't, you yeah. can't, you can't uh, fabricate time. And, and there were people before the Jews, which is true. There, there were people before the Jews. But there was no sense of time before the Jews. And let me explain to you so you understand. Before the Jews... There were people, there were tribes and such, but they lived in what's called the great circle. And the circle was where you woke up in the morning, you tilled the fields, you went to sleep at night, 
and you did everything for the, the king, the ruler. And that was that. I'm not even talking about feudalism or anything else like that. Yeah, you're there was about no the sense of, hold on, there was no sense of purpose. You, you just, there was no sense of a, a future. The, the idea that, that you and I have today is what will tomorrow be like? This, this notion that we started off our, our, our podcast today of what will space exploration be like 50 years from now? That kind of question didn't exist not just space exploration, but anything. Like, how will our world be? Will we have a better world tomorrow? That was not a question. It was just the great circle. No. You, just, you returned to where you were in the beginning, and, you're, and it was just generation after generation. And the famous line from the Torah is, Abraham went. Right. right? It, he left all that. And what I wanted to say real fast is it was Lion King. The, the circle of life, the cycle of life. And in the animal world, there's nothing wrong with it. You want the preservation of the same in the animal world. Right. You know, you're born, you die, you're born, you die, you're born, you die. Next generations live the same as future generations. You're talking about the great becoming with Abraham went, that tomorrow will be different and better. Yes. Right? That's, what, that's the distinction between man and beast. Yeah, you know, not, not, not so sure about the uh, connection between the Lion King and the Torah, well, but I, I do, I do like it. Wait, you, wait, you, I, I know you're talking about that. Anyway, the point is that the, the invention of time. Okay, the, but why do we even have time? The point of time, as we humans have it. Right, because and you're correct. In the animal world, there is no such thing as time. They live in the great circle. Yeah, the they have no the sense. They have no sense of you know, their past or their future. As I say in my, in my book, uh, no uh, leopard, for example, ever sat in his tree uh, waiting for his next kill, saying, here I sit uh, on this branch, uh, just like my pappy before me, just like his pappy before him, and so on. And I wonder if I can make a better world for my leopard son. No, they, don't, they only think of today, and they are a part of the great circle. And that's that. Okay, that's the way the animal kingdom works. We were part of that. Not, we weren't animals. We had free will, but we were squandering free will. We never discovered our free will. And only with God did we have time. And so where, where am I going with this? This is the key point. You can have no point A to point B without time, right? That This notion of I, I've got to accomplish something and it's going to take me a couple of years. For example, it took me three years to get my law degree. And then beyond that, to get experience as a lawyer, to join a law firm, to make my own practice, and so forth. It takes time to write a book. It takes time to record an album. Or it, learn a language. Or learn a language, yeah. right? It takes, it takes time to, uh, to, to earn the right of being a, a Jedi master, as it were, or a Kung Fu master, whatever. Okay, it, I don't need to explain this. It takes time to accomplish great things. And that's why, by the way, in the Torah, all those you know, seemingly boring sections of, you know, uh, Jeremiah begat such and such, and he begat, 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 begat. It's, it goes on and on for pages. But why did they do that? Why was, why was the Torah, you know, compelled to do this? Because it was a sense of time. You can say in the time before Jeremiah, in the time before Joseph, and so forth, right? They never say in the year such and such, right? Because there would be no there would no, there'd be no anchor of time by which to compare what year it was. Yeah, that, but, that's one of the brilliant things about the Torah is it's written, or it's um, 
recorded right. by people who probably started having a sense of a given year. That's right. Especially after Exodus, you know, the we had a year to start, you know, right. and ending with the the difference between BC and AD with the time of Jesus. Right. Yeah. So, so but, 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 but you, have, you have you have that Jewish calendar, you have the Gregorian calendar, right. you have the had, you have the the Korean calendar. So I don't want to get into right, that. But they had to mark that time with the existence of this man. Here, that man, there. There you go. A, exactly a right. Brilliant substitute for a numerical. It was. It, it made it. Ob, it made it objective, not subjective. It made it uh, relational, as opposed to uh, you know, uh, perfect. You know, in terms of uh, you know, it, it, it did not assume a universality, but it created a universality. But the whole point is that that created time. What are we seeing now? Going back to the big picture of what we're seeing today. We're seeing, in a way, the destruction of time. How, what do I mean by that? When you see these lefties, these destructionists, what are they doing? They're tearing down the statues, right? Yeah, markers, the begats of they, our they, they, generation. That's exactly right. They, they do not, they want to go back to the great circle. They want to undo time itself. They want to, not just history, but time. Yeah, so they, they want to want to get rid of the marker of George Washington, the marker of Abraham Lincoln, the marker of of the Constitution, for that matter, the marker of World War II, um, and, and so and replace it with something else, which actually doesn't even have a something else. They don't even they don't even say, for example, let's let's start time by with the birth of Karl Marx, yeah. right? Which and would be something. Right, it would be something. Or it would be yeah. something. But they don't even have that. Instead. They have nothing. Yeah, year zero. And yeah. they call it that. And they, uh, Mark Stein pointed out, it's not like they tear down these statues and then put something else on the plinth. Right. It's, it's the world of the empty plinth. Yeah. And so there is no point A to point B. There cannot be in the world of the godless, and in, in particular the world of the, the far left. But without God, there is no point A to point B. And, and I can, we can drill down that for hours and you'll see why there is no point B. There is no purpose. None. Uh, and if you really want a kind of a synopsis, a kind of a Reader's Digest version of it or a, what a Cliff Notes version of this, if you like, look at how long it took to make a building or a church back in uh, the ancient days. Uh, my favorite story is... The story of the Toledo Church, which took a, a, almost a thousand years to build. And you have to think about, whoa, 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 what does that mean? It means that the people who started it knew that they would never see the end of it. Not even close to it. They wouldn't even be able to see something that even remotely looked like a church. Where they could say, wow, you can really imagine it in and out. No, 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 no. And not their sons, not their grandsons, not even... Ten generations after, 25, maybe 40 generations, depends on how you do the math of a, of a generation. And how long people happen to live in a different given era, yeah. depending on health conditions. Assuming an average lifespan of 20 years. Yeah. Okay? And really, that, that was reasonable, especially for the workers themselves. If they were lucky. Yeah, if they were lucky. The plague didn't come. Right. Uh, you know, you do the math, 1,000 years, that's uh, 50 generations. Yeah, but I think there's an even more profound point to it. Adherence to the founder's vision. Twenty generations in, they weren't redoing the plans. Yeah, they they were they had failed to 
to the original design and they finished it. And they didn't start re-architecting it with, um, like we talked about in our last episode, with a new lens. Right? Yeah. With new interpretation. Oh, I don't know if, you know, this, that original plan just doesn't fit the heteronormative, you know, vision we have right. today in 1296. Right. They definitely kept it very uh, clean to the original plans as well. And they had a sense of an obligation to the past. Yeah, right? assuming, and assuming an obli- they didn't discover a, something that didn't work. And an obligation to the future. They all had to have something. So this is a connection from the past to the, to the present to the future. That is a truly a point A to a point B, right? We are doing something to accomplish a great church, in this case a church, right? Uh, and going back to your, I think I like what you said before. Why not the same sort of fealty, to use your word, to the Constitution itself, the American Constitution? I'm well, talking about. Well, me, wait, 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 wait. Just the Constitution itself. I don't want to get derailed. I mean, I'm, I'm, I, let's just focus on one thing at a time. You have a Constitution, and now we look back on the Constitution, and we say, what would our founding fathers want of us? And they, they were guided by God. They, they, at least they felt they were guided by God. They, they would not have done this unless they felt God compelled them to do this, that freedom was essential to this. And so there was their point A to point B. And, and look at the preamble itself. In order to form a more perfect union, right? And what does the word perfect mean? And what does the word union mean? But still, the idea of perfection, the idea of always advancing. They didn't tell, tell us exactly what that perfection might look like. But this notion of striving was built into the Constitution. It's fascinating when you think about it. Well, constant striving, striving upon striving, right. like a, in an exponential sense, in that they understood this is a journey you should be on in the infinite. Right. Not a nowhere journey, not a life in the wheel of time where you just keep spinning around going nowhere. Right. You will go infinitely. And, and, and this is the point that, I like what you said about the infinite stuff. This is the point. When you think about America... And, and, and you don't, I mean, it's too obvious to, to prove the point, right? With all its inventions, with all its uh, music, with all its entertainment, with all its, its discoveries for medicine and, and all the other technology that, that, it, that it has advanced, America has been predominantly, not 100%, but predominantly the, um, the vehicle for fantastic change in the world, including uh, the end of slavery throughout the world and fighting for justice throughout the world and democratization of other countries in the world. Without America, if you were to do it like, uh, what's, what's the movie called? Uh, it's a Wonderful Life, right? If you pulled America out of history somehow, uh, where would we be as a civilization? I don't know exactly, but it would be a hell of a lot different than what we have today. Yeah, okay? speaking German and Russian and struggling over one piece of rotted meat with an endless line at a supermarket. That's exactly That's right. You'd be. That's exactly right. I, 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 think you're not, I think you're not wrong. Yeah. The point is that every other country has a sense that America is advancing all the time. Uh, what do the Americans think, first of all? How are the Americans going to react? Can the Americans help us? Where are the Americans, right? They always wonder about what the Americans are, are up to, what they're going to do in response to X situation happening on the planet, um, and uh, what great new ideas will come out of America as well. There's this sense that, that, that America is, is a utopia, as it were, but not, not in the utopia in the socialist sense, but the sense where great things can happen. And only in America, 
can it, it happen that gloriously, right? Because of so many different circumstances, but mostly because it is a God-oriented country. And it's, it's like, you know, you want to yell to these European countries and these other countries in the world and just say, take the freaking lead of America. Just do what they do. Copy their constitution, put it into your own respective languages, if you like, okay? Change it slightly because some things are no longer an issue, like the three-fifths uh, compromise and slaveholding and what they should be represented and such like that, fine. But in terms of the, uh, you know, the, the system of government, the, the tripart government that we have, judicial, legislative, and the, um, uh, the executive and so forth, just do it and everything will be great. But instead, it's like, you know, the, the guy that you have to talk to uh, and you say, look, you, you got to stop drinking. You got to stop doing drugs. You got to find religion. And he says, no, no I'm, I'm good with, with all those things. Uh, and I don't need to have religion either as well. And I'm fine. I'm, I'm totally functional. That's the way the rest of the world looks at, at itself. And they, they, not only that, but they feel superior to America. Yeah. And like, look at Hong Kong is a perfect example. Did we, you say China had something pretty good there? What are they changing that for? Yeah. What do they think is going to happen? Do they think it's not going to become now a, a, a sclerotic little North Korea eventually? Sclerotic. Uh, I love that word. And you're so right. It's going to be exactly what it's going to be. And, and they're going to wonder why things have uh, turned to such, uh, to such piss uh, as a result. Pardon for the, uh, the graph language, but it, it's going to be that way. You, it's, it's right there in front of your eyes, right? You, you, you do not have God in your culture. You take away God, uh, that means you take away freedom. Take away freedom, then you take away purpose. There cannot be any of those things in um, a godless society. And therefore, you'll never have a point A to a point B. You'll never have a mission. And that's why people throughout the world, outside of America in particular, there, there's still some people who are very unhappy in America, don't get me wrong. But that's why virtually everybody outside of America they're so unhappy. They, they, at the very least, they may be happy in the sense of their wealth, if they're very wealthy, let's say, in France. But they don't have a sense of mission. They just know that they can have a, a lot of cars, they can, they can enjoy their vacations, but even then, they're not really happy. They're not really happy in the same sense that a kid who goes to uh, Disneyland or Magic Mountain or has a lot of candy, they're not really happy either. They're just kind of going through the motions of instant thrills. But it, it just can't be that you have true happiness unless you have a sense of direction. And that's why I, I want to end with this, simply to say, where have we gone in space? Apparently space nowhere. is such... Yeah, and we, thank you. We've gone nowhere. I, I, with all due respect to the billionaires, and I, my hat's off to them, to do so, and, and, and the, the thinking is that, well, gosh, you know, yes, it's ex tremendously expensive right now, but one day, soon enough, just like iPhones, uh, cell phones were so expensive once, and now it's, you know, very available to the common man. Uh, okay, fine. So one day we'll, we'll have the glorious thrill of being able to go into space and be weightless for a couple of minutes and then come back. And that, that sounds like an amusement park ride to me. Yeah, and you make okay? a great point. Uh, uh, we don't really have time to explore it 
Maybe we'll do more in a different episode. But where is the colonization efforts? Where is the base on the moon yeah. with which to then launch to the other planets? You know, um, does it make sense to launch a, a long-distance rocket from a one-sixth Earth gravity platform instead of full gravity? For instance, you know, not to get all space techy on you, but... Like you said, one would expect a moon base by now, 50 years out. Right. A, a Mars, I mean, in fact, Biden canceled Trump's Mars mission. Right. I mean, holy, yeah, well, holy not only shankies. that. Not, not only that, but Obama basically canceled NASA altogether. Right. So, so uh, you know, the point is, is that God, I think that God loves exploration. God wants us to explore. I think that when Neil Armstrong landed uh, on, on the moon and stepped foot on the moon, I think that God smiled in his own way, right? Yeah, I think he, he, he said, thumbs up. And he, I think, expected us to go further. What's your next step, guys? Come on, you can, you can do this, guys. And we discovered more. Yes, we have a couple more things going on. Uh, there's some really cool stuff out there, like Photoshop. Okay, that's cool. But that's not really getting closer to God, is it? And I'm not even talking about space necessarily, but I'm, I'm using that as, as an emblematic point. We need to go explore. And, and we had this sense of mission. As, as Kennedy correctly says, we do these things not because they're easy, but because they are hard. And, and I think what he really meant was to say, because it's out there, it, things need to be discovered. And that sense of discovery is missing. There is no more point A to point B. We need to rediscover it. And only with God can we really have that sense of mission once again. This is Brooke Lurie signing off. God bless, and we'll talk with you next week.